All right, I am so excited to share with you how to solve 80% of your vocal inconsistency in two to three weeks. No, this is not a joke. This comes from over 10 years of working with singers and it boiling down to some very, very, very simple things. So I'm super excited to share this with you today. So what types of things does vocal inconsistency mean? So I've heard you describe vocal consistent incon- inconsistency as a couple of different things. I've heard it described in terms of pitch. Like maybe you feel like you're inconsistent when it comes to pitch. Maybe your vocal tone is inconsistent when you're singing higher versus when you're singing lower. Or maybe when you hold a note out, sometimes it doesn't sound the way that you want it to. Or maybe just sometimes your voice is good or sometimes it's not. Some days you feel like you're in complete control of it and other times you aren't. Or when you're practicing and you're at home and you're singing by yourself, it sounds amazing. But the second you hit record or feel like you want to sing for somebody else or are prepping for a performance, it doesn't sound good and things start to get weird and feel out of control. So if this is you, you are not alone and I want to help you to feel more consistent. Now, if you felt more consistent with your singing, if you felt like you could nail your pitch every time, if you felt comfortable singing in your entire range, if you knew that it was going to come out the way that you practiced it, what kinds of things would you be able to do with your voice and with your music? What would you do? What would you have the confidence to do that you've always wanted to do, but you haven't done yet? I know this is a big thing for you, so I'm going to cut right to the chase. So the first thing I want to talk about is rhythm and beat. So many people are concerned with pitch that it's very easy to forget about rhythm and beat. And when you start to, you know, if I'm bringing this up to you, you know, you might be thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, I've got rhythm. Yeah, I can I can do this. And totally, yes, you do. But here's the thing. Have you ever really focused on the rhythm and the beat when it comes to your singing? Now, let's talk about this. So what is the difference between rhythm and beat? So when you are singing a song or you're playing a song on your guitar and you're singing with it, a lot of times this is easier when you have your instrument because you automatically keep time with your instrument but I'm challenging you to I want you to sing a song and then tap out the big beat so tap out the big beat of a song find that beat and find where it lies now some songs you can feel in different ways some songs you really feel that big beat That's just like me hitting on the counter. I don't know what that is, but it's a beat. And sometimes you might feel that beat a little bit faster. Double time. That's what we call subdividing. And sometimes that can be helpful, sometimes not. But for this exercise, for this purpose of what we're talking about right now, find a beat. Just find a beat and 
tap it. Now, the rhythm is different. The rhythm fits inside of the beat. So when we're talking about a song, it's usually the rhythm of the song, how the lyrics go. If you were going to rap the lyrics, what would that sound like? That's the rhythm. And then the question becomes, how does that rhythm fit inside the beat? With the singers that I work with, I love to use a technique called tap and rap. It's exactly what it sounds. You're going to tap the beat while you speak the lyrics of the song. So let's take this song for example. So I'm going to use a song called Zombie by the Cranberries. It has a really syncopated rhythm. Uh, syncopated means off the beat. So it has a really syncopated rhythm kind of cool, kind of funky. So this is what I want you to do with your songs. And the reason why I'm going to share with you in a little bit, what we're now I'll share it with you right now. What we're trying to do is we're trying to feel the space inside the song. We're trying to feel the space because what happens inside the space when you aren't singing? We're going to talk a little bit about that. So let's do this. So I've got my beat, so I'm going to tap and rap. Another head hangs lowly, child is slowly taken. Listen to how syncopated it is. That's so cool. And when you wrap it short, because you could wrap it long. Another head hangs lowly, child is slowly taken. So you could do it like legato, smooth and connected or staccato. I like doing it staccato because then you can really feel that space. So I move to the pre-chorus. But just see, and notice it started off the beat. Boom, but you see. Very, very different. This is super important when it comes to figuring out where you're going to breathe and the timing of that breath. A lot of singers make the mistake of not considering their breathing when in incorporated with the rhythm. They think about, oh, I got to breathe with my diaphragm. Oh, I got to really support with my diaphragm. Um, no, you don't. <laughs> I'm going to explain a little bit more about that later. But the first thing that we really need to do is figure out how the rhythm and the breath go together. All right, so here's the pre-chorus. But you see, it's not me, it's not my family. In your head, in your head, they are fighting, right? So I would challenge you to keep the beat, tap and rap. It's a lot harder than it sounds. It's a lot harder than it sounds. And you're going to discover some really, really cool things about the rhythm and the space, and where you should breathe. So that brings us to the timing of the breath. Any singer that is in my community, the Star Singer Green Room, it's a membership for singers who are serious about their training, and they want to create a training plan that allows them to improve within 10 to 15 minutes of a day, a day three to four times a week. And you can get support and feedback 
inside the community. Everyone that I work with knows this exercise, the timing of the breath exercise. It answers the question, where do we breathe? Now, this song is advanced when it comes to where we're going to breathe. And inside the green room, I have an exercise that uses an eight beat pattern to establish the idea and establish the repetition that you need in order to get this into your body. Because it's not just about understanding it, it's about putting it inside your body. So why eight beats? Eight beats is very common, right? Four, four, common time. Lots of things in groups of four, eight, 16, 32. That's why when you like hear a stereotypical movie where they're like tap dancing or something, you'll hear them count out a five, six, seven, eight. And then everybody like starts tapping. Um, that's because groups of eight are very, very, very common. Groups of four and groups of eight. So we start out with an eight beat pattern where we sing the numbers one, two, three, four, five, and cut off on six, wait on seven, breathe on beat eight. When you are able to do this, you can use the momentum of the breath in order to help you to sing louder, more powerful, and less restricted. When you're focusing on the rhythm and the timing, there's less brain space to ask the question, am I in tune? And when the rhythm falls into place, so does the pitch. I know this sounds crazy, and I thought this was a crazy idea too. But I learned this from somebody much wiser than me. And he was a mentor in at college. He was a great mentor. He was my choir conductor and my rehearsal techniques um, professor, I guess. I guess you would call it. And he said, don't worry about the pitch. If we were sight reading in choir... And we were doing this really hard song and everyone just sight read, you know, because we're at this level where he gives us the music and we can pretty much sight read it in four, eight, however many part harmony, right? And, you know, you look at it and you start thinking in your head, you start thinking about the intervals and the notes that are coming out. And I remember him saying, focus on the rhythm and the pitch will fall into place. Now, I respected this man. I mean, I still do. But I thought, that's not going to work. What the heck? That's not going to work. But I said, okay, okay. We're going to take these thoughts and we're going to put them to the side for a second. And we're just going to try it. I am going to strictly just focus on the rhythm. But when you're sight reading a choral piece, you've got rhythm, you've got words, and you've got pitches. So you've got three things. And I said, okay, I'm just going to listen to him, keep an open mind, and I'm going to focus on this one thing, the rhythm. So I focused on the rhythm, and wouldn't you know it, the pitch comes out exactly. I didn't even have to think about what those spaces between the notes might be. Now remember, we haven't even heard this song yet. We're sight reading. I focused specifically on the rhythm, and it works. It works. So I've been in your shoes where I've had that thought. Oh man, this isn't going to work. 
trust me, it works. It's like magic. It is so, so amazing. Now, if you're going to take this out of context and you're going to be like, if you don't have the range, the physical range (laughs) to sing these pitches yet, I mean, obviously this is not going to work. But if this is in your comfortable range and this is about consistency, then this idea of focusing on the rhythm is going to work. So are you aware of the space inside your songs where you should be breathing? Are you aware of the beat? Are you using the beat to time that breath so you can use the momentum in order for the sound to come out free yet controlled? Because freedom is control. When you let your voice free, it will adjust by itself. Now, we'll use muscle memory to remember those frequencies, to remember those shapes, to remember what your body is doing when you're singing, and it's going to create more consistency. If you're constantly changing the volume at which you're releasing the sound, the power at which you're releasing the sound, if you're messing with the airflow, if you're messing with the glottal resistance, if, if you're messing with these things constantly, you're, you're changing a whole bunch of variables. When you release the voice freely and uninhibited and you learn how to do that and you allow your voice the repetition that it needs, you are going to get consistent. And that is an amazing feeling. So this knowledge is great, but what we really need is consistency and repetition. Now, once we have that, we need some more gas for our car, right? So our car is now moving down the road. This is why I don't believe in voice teachers who teach the breath first. You don't need to know how to breathe before you sing. Because most singers, I would literally say that 97 or 98 out of 100 singers that I've worked with will come in and sing at a level 3 out of 10. That means when they stop singing and I ask them, on a scale of 1 to 10, how loud are you singing with 1 being meh and 10 being I feel awesome and confident and amazing and in total control of my voice and I'm letting it go with full effort and full freedom. That's 10. Most of them will say a 3 or a 4. And if you're not consistently trying to open up, to release, to let your voice go at a level 7 or an 8, you're not going to get that consistency. So once you start opening up to those levels of 7, 8, and you're feeling more comfortable doing that, Because you're singing with more power and because you're singing louder and because you're opening up more, you're going to need more air. So this is where we need to learn how to breathe. Again, this is muscle memory. So at this point, what we need to do is to condition the external intercostals. 
So what are the external intercostals? Those are the muscles in between your ribs. They are the muscles of inhalation. You have external intercostals and internal intercostals. <laughs> the external intercostals are responsible for inhalation. When you inhale, your rib cage spreads apart from like side to side, but it also goes like up, upish at the same time. And your diaphragm automatically sinks because your diaphragm is connected. Kind of like imagine like a balloon on a water bottle turned upside down, kind of. And when the rib cage spreads apart, which the water bottle won't spread apart, but if the water bottle spread apart, if the rib, when the rib cage spreads apart, the diaphragm sinks and it turns inside out and makes this balloon-like shape. You don't control the diaphragm through the diaphragm. <laughs> the diaphragm is connected at the bottom of the rib cage. So the external intercostals control the diaphragm. So supporting with your diaphragm really isn't a thing. It's, it's a little bit misconstrued. The diaphragm is definitely involved in creating this nice negative pressure in, it does aid in support in some way, but not directly. It's controlled indirectly through the external intercostals. So the next thing that we need to do in order to create this <laughs> we don't want to create inconsistency. In order to create this consistency is to train the external intercostals. And we do this with lip buzzes. Now, I do lip buzzes in a very different way than a lot of people do it because a lot of people will come to me and say, oh, I've already done lip buzzes. And then they'll show it to me and that's not how I do it. <laughs> and it's it's actually very important because some people uh, will grab their cheeks while they're doing it. But if you're grabbing your cheeks and you're manipulating it with your hand, that means you're not strengthening the external intercostals in the torso that are actually going to give you that consistent airflow. It's important that we have enough air to sing because then we could be consistent and we won't feel like we're running out of breath. When we feel like we're running out of breath, what starts to happen is sometimes some of us will try to create and manipulate pressure subconsciously by closing the throat or clamping the jaw and that can create bad habits. So once we've ironed out the rhythm and the timing of the breath, it's now time to strengthen those external intercostals so we can keep up those healthy habits. So these things alone can solve 80% of any vocal inconsistency that you're having. And the singers inside the Star Singer Green Room are seeing these results within two to three weeks. I have specific exercises that take you through these things the timing of the breath and the external intercostals, really focusing on conditioning those external intercostals so that you're ready to create more volume, more power, and more core sound, and you can be more consistent. So I want to make this super easy for you. I've created these vocal exercises. They are step by step, and this is no joke. If you're resonating with what I'm saying here or it's like blowing your mind and you haven't heard about this and thought about this, but you can see the logic and the science behind this, 
I encourage you to reach out to me on Instagram at Tiffany Van Boxtel and just say green room and let's see if you are a good fit. It's an amazing DIY resource where you still get support. Like you can get feedback on your singing from me inside of our Facebook group whenever you want. It's our members only Facebook group and we do pop-up voice lessons, all kinds of stuff. But first things first, I want to make sure that you get this amazing foundation. I mean, in two to three weeks from now, if you could feel like you have solved 80% of your vocal inconsistency, what could you do with that? I'm just so excited for you to do that and I'm so excited to show you these exercises and walk you through this because it was my goal to make this super easy for you so you can spend about 10 to 15 minutes a day, three to four times a week doing two to three of these foundational exercises and hearing results in two to three weeks. So if this is something that you're like raising your hand and you're like, oh my gosh, yes, I have been looking for this. I am like sick of like all of this information coming at me. I mean, think of all the time that you're going to save with these with these YouTube searches. I mean, this is like we're talking under an hour practice. It's it's amazing. I can't wait to share it with you. So please reach out to me on Instagram at Tiffany Van Boxtel and just say green room and let's see if you are a good fit. I can't wait to get started with you so that you can feel more consistent, confident, and in total control of your voice.